right. Welcome to our round table for post to post. We've got our Ethan, Spencer, and Colby back on our table today. Hello, guys. Hello. Nice to be here again. All right. So let's not waste any time. But before we start, uh, condolences to uh, Timur uh, Fezadinov and his uh, his family for the loss of him. Uh, he's 19 years old and unfortunate hockey incident. Uh, and he passed away earlier this morning, March 16th. So uh, condolences to his family. But we got lots of hockey to talk about. So we'll start with the Scotia North Division. Who is our biggest surprise in this division? We'll start off with Ethan. Biggest surprise? I think I think you got to say Vancouver. Um, yeah, you, you think they were kind of a team on the up. They got Pedersen, Besser, Hughes. Um, Thatcher Demko after the playoff run looked like he was ready to, uh, you know, take over that full-time role and they've just completely underperformed. Um, in our fantasy, uh, this year, I think I got Pedersen in like the eighth round or something and I was hoping for him to be a steal, but he's, um, you know, not really been producing. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's gotta be Vancouver. I think there are a lot of expectations for them this year and they just haven't been living up to it. For sure. We'll go over to Spencer. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree actually. Um, almost every single player on that team's in the minuses, including uh, Quinn Hughes at a minus 15. That team has a uh, star power, offensive star power, but they just haven't been able to keep the puck out of the net. Both uh, Demko and Holtby have goals against averages of 2.74 and 3.56. I, I didn't think they were going to keep the playoff um, piece up, but definitely not a huge drop-off like that. Um, I think their only player in the pluses is Jordy Ben and Antoine Roussel. So they just haven't been getting – they've been getting goals, but not on the other end. They haven't been able to keep it up the net. You heard it here first from Spencer Thomas. Jordy Ben is the best defenseman on the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, for the Norris. Yeah, there you go. And Colby, what's your who's your biggest surprise? I'm I'm gonna go with Winnipeg. Um, I expect. Don't get me wrong. Like I expected Winnipeg to be good, but they're they could challenge Toronto for that top spot. They've got two games in hand on them, so you know they win their next two. They're they're right up there with Toronto. Um, the biggest surprise, like on Winnipeg for me, is Neil Pionk leading the charge on defense. There, he's got 23 points, and Winnipeg's only played or Winnipeg has played 28 games. And uh, a lot of people were, were upset that Neil Pionk came back in the Truba trade, but it's, it seems to be paying off for Winnipeg really good right now. Yeah. I got to agree with that. I think Winnipeg, everyone expected them to be, you know, around that five, uh, four spot in the division, but mm-hmm. they've really taken. And I think it's not just because they've got, you know, uh Hellebuck, but I think having, you know, Boswab playing and being able to give rest to Hellebuck has allowed, you know, Winnipeg to roll their lines. And like, like Kobe said, like defensively with Neon Pionk, like taking the reins, it's like Dustin Bufflin, who like, huh. so 
No, I agree. Biggest there. Um, the big thing I want to talk about with the division, Scotia North division so far is the return of Daryl Sutter. Now let's, he's come back for a second stint, a second stint as the head coach of the flames. So let's start with Kobe. What do you think about the return of Daryl Sutter? Uh, when I first saw it, I actually thought it was fake. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. Like I heard it uh, on our group chat and I actually, I had to go right to Twitter to kind of, kind of see if it was confirmed, but it was so surprising, but that doesn't mean it was bad. I was really excited when they announced it. I wasn't expecting it because Jeff word, you know, I was expecting the flames to remain mediocre, stay at that. Oh, we're not going to fire the coach as long as we can keep winning and staying around 500 which is what they've been doing for the past however many years um, with the exception of the year they finished second in the, in the league. But I like the way that he's coaching them already. You know, the, even in just in three games behind the bench, you can notice a difference in the way they're playing. They're playing harder. They're on the four check. The, the power play probably you still use a little bit of work, but it's just, it's, a, it looks like a different team. It looks like a team that's playing for each other again. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Spencer, what are your thoughts? Well, um, I didn't. Actually, I didn't like it at first. I, I didn't think he still had it. Having last coached in, I think it was 2016, 2017. I, I, I thought it was almost a step in the wrong direction for the Flames, but they've made me eat my words. They've looked um, pretty confident on both sides of the end. Offensively, they've been getting the shots they want, maybe not a lot of shots, but the ones that count the most. And that, those are the ones going in the net. And then on the other end, you have two one goal performances against Montreal. And then obviously McDavid's going to get a couple points on you, but that was a huge win for the flames. And I think they have two games on hand on Edmonton, five points back. They've got all the momentum right now. They could make a, last minute search for that fourth spot, even that third spot. And finally, Ethan. Um, yeah, I think I'll be the first to admit, I don't really know much about uh, the coaches and kind of like styles. I know that Sutter is more of a uh, kind of like harder, more like John Tortorella-ish coach where he's harder on the players and He's really about the, you know, hard work and the, the grinding it out for those pucks. Um, and, you know, I think that's exactly what the Flames needed. I think they were soft at times, played with no heart. Uh, I think I saw it was like 30 minutes into his first practice. He had them bag skating. And, um, you know, I, I think it's worked. I think his coaching methods have been paying off in, in spades for the Flames. They've been playing harder. They've been, like Colby said, playing for each other. Um and yeah, they're picking up the momentum. Hopefully they'll be able to keep it up. Yeah, agreed. I think, you know, Daryl Sutter coming in, yes, he hasn't coached since the uh, 15-16 season. But if you see what he did when he went to um, Los Angeles and winning two Stanley Cups with them, the hard work, the grit, you know, and you see that nowadays. And I think Milan Lucic describes it perfectly as soon as he said, you know, buckle up because... Daryl Sutter is a no-nonsense coach. Uh, he tells you this is how it wants it, and you either perform to that level or you get you sit. 
And I don't think he's afraid to do that. And I think the emergence, like he's using all four of his lines. Like no one's played more. They're in within an average, I think, against the second game against Montreal. Uh, the lowest person played, I think, that was like 11 minutes. Uh, and the highest was uh, 16 minutes uh, of game time. So he's rolling all four lines. Um, so I think Daryl Sutter, he has unfinished business. He said it's straightforward. I think they should have fired Jeff Ward a little bit earlier in the season, um, especially after that 7-1 loss uh, to Edmonton. But I think that's kind of where it started, the conversation of, you know, we need we need a proper coach. And I know Trey Living, it seems like it's Trey Living's decision, but I think this had to, this had uh, management, uh, upper owners, um, call that you know either you make a proper change and bring a proper coach or your your job is gone can i just add something to that yeah for sure uh i think i think you're right i think it has ownership involved in it but i also think the reason brad doesn't go with a guy like uh, gallant who's out there is because I believe ownership wants to keep coaching costs low. They're willing to spend on players, obviously, as, as we can all see, uh, but they want to keep coaching costs low. And I think bringing in Sutter, you get an experienced guy. He's won two Stanley Cups. He's not too far displaced from the game. He's probably, I mean, I don't know if his contract details have been released, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's probably not that expensive of a contract as what they would have had to give Gallant as well as Sutter's in Alberta, they could bring him in quickly. And just another thing I like about Sutter is his, the way he does his practices, he does like 30, 40 minute practices and he keeps players heart rates going up and down. And he's like, well, this is how it's going to be in the game. This is how we're going to practice. That's completely flipped from the way Jeff Ward did it. Jeff Ward did slower practices, running drills throughout the whole time. They were like twice uh, the length and, so I just appreciate the way that he does his practices. I think it's it's a really smart technique. I think there's also that intimidation factor. I think a couple of years ago, you know, every time, um, oh, who is that? The coach from the, the old Vancouver guy. Um, who was it? it it's completely similar to mine. Our, our head coach from a couple of years ago before. before Glenn Gullitson? Uh, Glenn Gullitson, yeah. Every time he had a temper tantrum and threw his stick, the Flames would play really well for a couple of games, but then um, I don't know I think Gullitson was too soft to really like tell the players as it was that like, Hey, you guys aren't playing well. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sutter's not afraid to say, you guys need to be working harder and you're going to skate if you're not working harder. Well, they beat Edmondson four to three the other night. And he said, you know, we played good, but we could have played better. That's what I like about him. The team gets a win. It looks like a good, hard win but then he's still like we still have room to improve we still got to get better yeah i agree i think like you know he said like you know there's always one step more we can always take and even he's always taking i don't know if you noticed in his inter- interviews he's always taking notes and mm-hmm. he he knows what's going on like he knows what it takes to win and he said so himself he's like i'm not here just to coach i'm here to win the stanley cup and the only thing that worries me is that in the 04 season, he, he, he used J, uh, Kippersoff quite, quite a bit. And I hope he doesn't use 
Markstrom in that way and uses Riddick as a as one one A one B. Mind you, yes, Riddick hasn't had a great season, but he has showed in his last couple starts that he is slowly getting back to form um, of his All Star performance uh, last a season ago. So I think that's my only concern is like he doesn't ride Kipper or like a Markstrom like he did Kipper in 04. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's got the tools. And I, I just want to say, thank God that Josh Levo is in that lineup over Dominic Simone. <laughs> and Brett Ritchie has played fantastic with Monaghan and Goudreau. And I'm, I'm glad like, and I honestly, I think that hit by Kara was a little bit late and it was, it was a high hit and Richie pay, made him pay for it with a massive fight. But there was no suspension handed down by player safety today for Kara for that hit, which is very inconsistent for, you know, he, oh, he got, he got hit and he got injured, but then Shillington came back and he wasn't injured. Uh, that doesn't mean that he wasn't a dirty hit. So I wonder, well, I wonder if part of it is that, you know, Brett Ritchie, he took him down and I, you know, I hope he's doing okay. Obviously you don't want to see a guy get, get hurt like that, but you know, he's not going to be back in the lineup for a couple of games, right? Like he's going to be out regardless. Um, so it's a question, I mean, player safety department, they're obviously supposed to look into the hit, but it could have been a factor that they know he's going to be out for a little bit anyways. And I think he's only, he's only been suspended once. It was a cross check on Vince Dunn, two games, little back and forth between the two. So that he doesn't have too, too much of a history. Everyone knows he's a hard nosed guy, but yeah, I know you don't want to see a guy basically get not almost unconscious like that. I think he was, I think he was out. I, I think it was unconscious. Yeah. Ethan, you got something to weigh in on this? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously we don't know what goes on in the Department of Player Safety office, but I do think there's a very real possibility they took player justice into account. That was a pretty brutal fight. Um, like Colby said, you never want to see a guy injured. Um, and when someone gets knocked out like that, you you do be thinking, you, you do think like, oh man, maybe he is hurt. Maybe he's going to be missing a couple games. Um, yeah, and I think it's a very real possibility that that was taken into account. I think it might um, have the Edmonton like management look at maybe a maybe an upgrade at that three C four C spot. Someone like an Eric Stahl, um, just for some more skill, some experience. Like Jujar Kara is going to play tough, but. The fact that the five foot ten Josh Archibald has more hits than him, I don't even think he's doing his job of like finishing his checks. There's definitely some room to be improved there for Edmonton. And yeah, we don't know how long he's going to be out now, but there are some centers on the block that Edmonton could look to trade for. I'd like to get you guys' opinion on something because obviously well, I'm a Bruins fan, so I'm obviously biased. What do you guys think about the Tom Wilson hit on Brandon Carlo? Yeah. Spencer was it was, it was late. It was high. Almost similar to the Kara hit, just a little bit worse. The fact that that got seven games, I mean, obviously Wilson's history influenced that number of games 
it, it almost remind like the Drew Jarkara hit almost reminded me of the Wilson hit. It wasn't as aggressive into like straight into the boards, but they both almost looked in like intentional. I I agree with you with um, it being Tom Wilson's history that makes that a seven game suspension. I'd say first time offense, they probably give him two or three games, but you know, his past they're they got to give him more. Yeah, for sure. I, I like, it was definitely a high hit and yeah, his history does play a role uh, in that him getting seven games for that. But yeah, I agree. If it was first time offender, two game suspension would have been there. Um, but no, that's definitely uh, a high hit. And, and Brandon Carlo is six foot five. He's not a small player by any means. So the fact that Wilson still got his, his hands up into his face, into the boards, I don't think there's really much debate about intent there, especially with it being Tom Wilson. No, definitely. Uh, definitely on that one. Uh, anything you want to add on this topic uh, before we move on? I might just add one more piece. Um, the loss of Tom Wilson, like not many people know, but he's actually a half-decent goal scorer. And it just sucks that he plays that style of game. Like he plays hard, I don't mind that, but you can't be dirty all the time. Washington's actually first now in that division for now. Losing him for seven games down the stretch, that's going to be tough. I mean, you play Buffalo, that's twice. Buffalo once, that's not bad. Flyers three times, you won all three. Devils, you beat. But this game, um, uh, and they beat the Islanders today. And then I think they play the Rangers twice, and he's back for the Devils, the Rangers. It, it could have been a lot worse had he been out for pro- – he should have been out for 20 games. I, I, I th- What did he get in the preseason when he hit that guy on St. Louis? He got tw- – did he get 20 games for that? Yeah, it was 20. Yeah. Should have been another 20-game suspension. That that would have been just about the entire season there. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, you know, uh, because of his history, and definitely there should be some more consideration um, in that. But uh, it's also, of you know, who's – how much are they going to throw suspension with a shortened season, right? Well, I think it says something that he didn't appeal it. He knows he's guilty. He knows, you know, seven games. Like, he knows that that hit is probably a two- or three-game suspension, but I don't know. He seems okay with getting these suspensions. Either that or he just doesn't want to cause any more, any more trouble with the player safety department. Just about everyone's seen – Actually, everyone said it probably should have been more. And then obviously you had Alexander Ovechkin chip in and he said, uh, it's kind of a joke. I obviously he's standing up for his guy and all, but he's lucky it wasn't more based on his history. Mm-hmm. I think the thing is he's clean. He has cleaned up, uh, like, you know, barring this one hit, he has cleaned up his act um, as of late enough so that he's not technically considered a repeat offender because I think it's been like a year and a half and he hasn't been suspended. Um, But it is Tom Wilson, and that is something you do need to take into account when you're you're thinking about discipline. 
just like the same way you would for Brad Marchand, Nazem Kadri, Matthew Kachuk, yeah. other players like that. For sure. Well, let's keeping it in the Mass Mutual uh, East Division with Buffalo losing their twelfth straight game. What's what happens in that that club? What's the next step, Colby? What do you think? What we'll start with you. What's the next step for Buffalo? You know what? I don't think anyone has an answer for that. <laughs> the uh, first of all, I think it was a Buffalo paper newspaper today or the other day had them on the power rankings underneath the Kraken. That basically says it all. You put them behind an expansion team that's not even in the league. It doesn't get much worse than that. They have a minus 37 goal differential. I believe in their 12 game losing streak, their goals against is like, it's close to 50 goals against. And I think only 17 or 18 goals for they just, they haven't been good. Jack Eichel's out. Uh, uh, sounds like he's out long-term. It looked, it looked good at the start of the season. You know, they signed Taylor Hall. They trade for Eric Stahl. Like everything was looking like it was going to be a good season in Buffalo, but they just can't, they just can't get out of it. They're, they're stuck in that curse. And you know what? Maybe it does. I've heard that it sounds like Eichel might get moved this off season. He won't get moved during the season, but he might get moved during the off season. And maybe that's what they have to do. Maybe they have to completely rebuild. Um, I don't know why Taylor Hall would choose the Buffalo Sabres, probably for the prospect of playing with Jack Eichel. But I, I don't know if he resigns there long-term. I bet you he, I bet you he gets dealt before the deadline and, Maybe that's the first step you take. You move Hall out and you get you get some picks back for him. You get something, you know, something out of him um, other than what he's not producing for them. No, Spencer, I'll go over to you. Uh, just to add to Colby's point there, like they've only scored more than two goals, I think twice during this losing streak, and they've only – I don't think they've allowed less than three goals at all. No one's playing hard. No one's playing well. Um, I think they have the top five or six worst plus minuses in the league. Rasmus Dahlin's going to get a green jacket for the Masters with that minus 27 on the season. He has been brutal defensively. And it's a shame. He's supposed to be a two-way guy. He's not going to develop into anything we thought he would be with um, that team around him, that management. So, yeah, I, th I think you ship out Hall for a pick or two. You ship out Eichel for a couple prospects. Consider um, getting rid of Darlene for some picks. You just got to scratch it all out. It's not going to get much better with two games against Boston. I'm fine, Ethan. Yeah, I, I I have no idea. It's a mystery. On t on paper, this team looks pr really promising. You know, Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhardt, Victor Olofsson, Taylor Hall, Eric Stahl, then Rossum Stalin on the back end. Even their goaltending, um, Linus Olmark's been injured since his last game was on February 25th. But in 12 games played, he has a 
243 uh, goals against average and a 919 save percentage. So I think obviously it's a pretty small sample size, but Olmark has shown that he, at least, you know, in this small sample size is capable of being an NHL goaltender. And it's a mystery that, you know, with so much firepower up on the top front end and some really promising defensemen, um, how there's such a dumpster fire. Maybe it's management, maybe it's coaching, but, you know, you can only speculate. You know what? I'm going to just add on to that. It could be ownership too. Ownership. Had, how long have the Pagulas been there? Like, didn't they, didn't they buy the team in like 2010 or something? I think it was around there and they haven't made the playoffs one year. They're go- they're coming up on their 10th season of missing the playoffs in a row. And, uh, Olmark's been, uh, he's been good for Buffalo. He's got a 5-4-2 record. Obviously, Ethan mentioned 2.43 goals against average. That's a full goal better than the next goalie, Carter Hutton, who has a 3.43 goals against average. They, uh, they're definitely missing him in, the, in between the pipes. No, definitely. I think it's a mystery. Everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. And if you look at that top line of uh, Hall, Skinner, and Eichel have combined for five goals in uh, 28 games, where in 29 games, Milan Lucic has scored six. (laughs) You You know what the most shocking thing is? Up until about a week or two ago, they had the number one power play in the league. Now they're ranked six at about 26.8%. But, and they take the least amount of penalty minutes. So they're getting beat five on five. That's really peculiar. Wow. Jeff Skinner got paid $9 million and then just dipped. He, uh, he dropped off a cliff after signing that contract. I think there's potential that they break the record for the longest losing streak, 18 games by the Penguins in uh, 2003-04. There's some strong potential. They're going to play the Bruins twice. I I don't see how they win any of those. The Rangers, who have been trending in the right direction, and then you got Pittsburgh twice, who just demolished you 5-2 and then 3-0. And then you played Boston again. That'll be game number 18. Sure. No, no I, to- I totally agree with you. I, can, I could see that happening. I don't see it getting any better. And then they play the Flyers right after for game number 19 and 20. I know um, Carter Hart hasn't been playing too strong, but... I mean... Their chance to break it was today they played the Devils, which are only six points ahead of them, and they could they just couldn't do it. No. But they they played well in second period. They got two quick goals, and then they just allow a goal three minutes later. And then a goal in the third period that seals it. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what, Taylor Taylor Hall said he's signing in Buffalo to win. 
but he's going to sign in Buffalo to win the draft lottery yet again. Yeah. Honestly, I think he just signed it because he wanted the $8 million contract. I think no one, no, no playoff contender team was going to give him more than four, five million, six at max. I think Colorado offered him six, didn't they? Yeah, he should have should have taken that up. Didn't they offer him a term as well? Like, or did they offer him just a one year deal? No, I, I think they offered him, him like term. three or four years. Yeah, I, I think he signed there because he thought he would be playing with Eichel, who could almost like get it get his numbers up, like inflate his numbers up. He uh, hasn't gotten that so far. Oh, I bet you his main purpose of signing at Buffalo was to uh, get an increase in points, make his value higher so that he can sign for even more in the offseason. Mm. And that took a complete turn on him. He wanted to pull a Jeff Skinner. Mm-hmm. 16 points and two goals. That's not going to do it. Nope. Want to bet Buffalo signs the $9 million contract? <laughs> <laughs> Nine, nine by nine again? Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw it was like a tweet that was like, yeah, Sabres tickets will be going on uh, on sale for the general public, which means that not enough season ticket holders bought tickets. So apparently, they had to go to the general public. Apparently it was only half the season ticket holders, I believe, oh, okay. that, that bought tickets, but that's not good <laughs> at all. I heard that a lot of them are like Canadians who can't cross the border, but that's yeah. still, that's still pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo has a lot of Canadian season ticket holders cause it's pretty quick, easy to go across the border um, from Toronto. Um, I mean, would you, would, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying most of them pretty much just, they buy the tickets when Toronto or Ottawa and they go watch the games or for the weekend and then they just sell the rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to watch uh, Matthews versus Eichel. Probably yeah. get tickets cheap in Buffalo. Who wouldn't want to watch those two play? Well, if it comes down to season ticket holders, would you want to pay four to four or five thousand? I don't actually know exactly how much it is, but would you want to pay a couple thousand bucks to watch Buffalo lose a good eighty percent of their games? Probably not. It depends if you're a fan of the other. Team teams the division or not exactly. <laughs> like i buy season tickets i if you're if you're gonna get to watch 10 boston games where boston well, i guess it would be five but if you watch five boston games where boston kicks them you know worth it well that was part one of our round table with ethan spencer and colby stay tuned next week for part two only here on cmru.ca by students for you <laughs>